We need to get back to work. And work is one of the ways that we contribute to this country, that we grow our GDP, we grow our tax base, we contribute to each other effectively, we help finance our national security, our homeland security, our, you know, our infrastructure. I had key employees that really wanted to be leaders in the company, but they didn't want to have any ownership and responsibility that way. So yep. I just had to start researching out and, and figuring out, well, how do I market my company? Go to your local school board, what for one hour twice this year and if you can have even just 10 or 15 employers show up and do that at the same school board every single month there's two contractors filling out a little card to to, to give your 30 seconds at the podium that says i need your help and we have great jobs eventually they will hear you but if everyone just did two hours a year that's how we change this stacy how you doing this morning i'm doing great <laughs> she loves it i ask the question every time <laughs> she's like i'm fine dude just uh... <laughs> <laughs> A little much. And I say to that owner, I said, I said, so you're not willing to invest in yourself? You're not going to invest in yourself? You're going to invest in companies you have no control over? Whereas your company you control, and you don't have the confidence to pour the money into that. When, when things are busy, and they're looking for their GC friends to sit down and negotiate a project on a GC and a fee, and they're more excited about building the project, and then all of a sudden the model, the market swings. And now the developer market is going to go out and they're going to hard bid the same project to two or three different GCs. And that's where, that's where it starts going down. All right, it's morning huddle time. Good morning. It is May 24th, 2022. We've got Stacy and Dwayne. And myself, Chad, here this morning. Uh, good morning. It's so good to see uh, the two of you. Uh, thanks for joining us, Dwayne. We look forward to jumping into the conversation. Um, Stacy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I was just telling you guys, I, I'm going to see the Blue Angels today in Annapolis on the boat. So shout out to Graham Company. Thank you for the invite. I'm excited to see them. It'll be awesome. That is awesome. Uh, extremely if, if anybody's uh, not seen the Blue Angels, I was just saying to Stacy, I, I probably it's one of the only things I remember from before I was ten. You know, like I ju it just really so sticks impressive. with me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's awesome. Uh, and uh, Dwayne, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to do this. Yeah, well, it's it's our pleasure. What's going on in your world, man? Uh, cranking away. It's the busy season for us, trying to get as much done as we can before the summer construction season really hit. So um, just keeping the head down, staying busy. Make, making a few moments for us and we appreciate it. So, so uh, you know, thanks for joining. I, so, so Dwayne Gleason is uh, the program director for Connected Construction at Trimble. And he's going to tell us a little bit more uh, about what that means and exactly what his role is. But I'll tell you in my uh, time getting to know Dwayne, one of the things that strikes me completely uh, is that he's a construction guy first and foremost that happens to understand technology inside and out and that's a really powerful combination uh, and something that I, I look forward to the audience uh, connecting with today and really resonating with because I think you're going to have the ability to do something that very few contact people have an, have an opportunity to do which is to really talk about construction first and then how technology um, really can uh, tie-in. And today, particularly, we're going to be talking about digital construction and the translation into the physical environment 
uh, and some of the things that, that companies should be doing immediately and that organizations should be thinking about for the long term. So uh, uh, with that, I'll ask Dwayne, give us a little bit more on what does it mean to be the program director of Connected Construction at Trimble? Uh, well, Trimble's been around for a pretty long time, uh, 43 years, and in the last two decades or so, we've put together a pretty broad construction portfolio, uh, and now, you know, the expectation from the industry is that we really bring that together, make it simpler to absorb, you know, simpler to apply and be successful with. So a big part of what I do is take all the different pieces of it kind of put them together in an offering that's a lot easier for the customers to be successful with. Uh, and that, that really does kind of depend on the domain understanding to, under, to know what the market needs, how they want to receive it, how they can use it and get value out of it. Um, and so I'm really, you know, that representative for our team. So are you working one customer at a time? I mean, obviously probably working across multiple customers, but, but are you actually hands-on with, Trimble's clients, or are you working with a, a Trimble team? How, just, just give us a snapshot of your day-to-day. -day. It's both. I think, candidly, I do work most with the Trimble team, but I work across software and hardware, work across buildings and civil. But with that said, really everything we do is customer-led. So, you know, at least once a quarter, we get with a group of customers, whether it's an industry advisory event or like one-to-one -one visits. Um, take what we're hearing from them, bring it back to the business, you know, commit our actions and then go back for feedback on, on whether we hit the mark or we need to keep calibrating. Right on, right on. So, uh, and and uh, I think, Stacy, you were telling me that Trimble was the company that had Spot the Robot or something like that. Is that right? Yes, if Dwayne could talk a little bit about that, that's pretty cool. And, and maybe we can find like a, a video link and post it in the, in the chat. Oh yeah, I could do that. Like yeah, that sure. but, but, you know, give us, give us 10 or whatever, 20 seconds on spot. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I mean, uh, so they call him the robot dog. It, it looks like a dog and it actually walks and behaves a lot like a dog. It's a partnership we have with Boston Dynamics. They make the robot and then the Trimble Technologies on top of it. And what it's all about is capturing the built environment whether it's pre-construction or during construction. The idea is that Spot can walk around like at the end of the night, walk the same path every single night, capture all the as-built in a point cloud. And then when you have you know, high profile projects like data centers and uh, semiconductor fabs, you know at any given moment what the as-built are. And that has a lot to do with your likelihood for success and avoiding cascading delays and all that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, that's it's. Uh, I, I know exactly what, what. As soon as as soon as you talked about Boston Dynamics, I remember seeing the the symbol or the logo, whatever on that uh, on that video. Stacy will pull something and drop it in. That's really impressive um, stuff. And 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 so you're saying it's your software mixed with their hardware. Is that the deal? A little bit of our hardware on top of their hardware, and then our software runs all like the point clouds and the data processing. Awesome. Awesome. All right, cool. So, uh, Stacy, as usual, um, on point with creating and gathering an interesting discussion from the audience uh, so that we can get uh, some custom questions answered here in the last few minutes of the conversation. Uh, but I am going to uh, switch over to, uh, to diving in with Dwayne on this topic of, of you know, 
blending digital and physical construction. Sounds good. See you soon, Stace. All right. So, um, so Dwayne, first off, uh, let's just define digital construction for, for the audience. And, and I know that's a big topic, but if we were, you know, just uh, imagine totally uneducated about the issue, describe digital construction and what that means. Yeah. I mean, I think if you, in the simplest terms possible, it's, it's the use of software and hardware. Um, it's, it's really about taking every opportunity you can to build the project virtually beforehand to flesh out anything and everything that you can. Uh, it starts with, you know, costing and, and planning, scheduling, gets into project management, BIM, coordination, but it's really using any of the digital tools available to you ahead of field construction uh, to maximize your efficiency when you go to, you know, install the real deal. It is, uh, that's great. So it's a, you know, so give it, give an example of like maybe the, the, I don't know, life cycle of digital construction. When did digital construction start and what are some of the earliest versions of it? And, and, um, you know, some examples that might sort of connect dots for the audience. I mean, for me, I think it started 20 years ago and it, you know, it was in downtown DC. It was, it was with Clark construction and it was, you know, doing full composite drawings in CAD where you manually, you know, drew every line with, with every tick for where the fitting was actually going to end and the slope of the pipe was actually going to be at. And then that, you know, turned into 3D modeling, which is a lot more efficient, which turned into prefabrication, which kind of evolved into more full-fledged BIM, where not only do you have 3D content, but then you have the metadata with it. So you know that this is a one-hour wall or a two-hour wall, and subsequently it would go, you know, eight inches above the ceiling or all the way to the deck. And then in the last couple of years, we've really seen it evolve more into like the augmented reality and virtual reality where you can take, you know, the, the, the data, the model, view it with your glasses on, move around the building and kind of see everything contextually in the environment as you build it. And, and, and that, you know, it's, it's so funny because as you're talking about BIM, I'm like, yeah, it's old CAD. Like, oh my God, that's so old, you know. Uh, and, you know, talk about this augmented reality. I'm like, now you got my attention. That's, that's fascinating. But, you know, five years from now, I'll be like, yeah, augmented reality, that's old, right? It's, it's constantly, um, you know, uh, there, there's constant innovations. But here's what I want to understand. And, and what, what I think, I mean, I can't help it. I, I'm, I'm a productivity junkie. I really believe in creating efficiency and progress. And one of the things that we, we read over and over, we hear over and over, is that the construction industry is relatively stagnant in terms of uh, increasing productivity. So are these things making a positive impact anywhere? Is, is, is any of this stuff working? And do you have any examples? To 100% totally. And candidly, I kind of take issue with that statement. Not, not you putting it out there. I hear every single week how much of a laggard construction is. Right. And I think... I think what's overlooked in that statement is how much the work product has evolved in the last couple of decades. We're not building the buildings that we were building in the 80s or the 90s or even the early 2000s for that matter. 
When you walk into a lead platinum building, you feel it from the moment you walk in, the lighting, the air, the sound, it's a better work product. We're also doing it a lot safer. So when, when people say that productivity hasn't improved that much, I would be curious to go back to, to one of the sticks and bricks buildings of the 80s and I would bet that a current contractor could knock it out, you know, sneeze it out, way more productive than it used to be. But when you think about these modern buildings, what we're doing is a lot more complicated. It's a lot more collaborative. I do believe that we are more efficient as an industry. I mean, I've seen collaboration evolve a ton in the past 10 years, but in terms of like hard, you know, hard and fast productivity, I would tell you, you know, for one of the technologies Trimble puts out there, the layout, like the robotic total station, we did a side-by-side -side comparison on one of our own buildings where we had half the deck laid out manually and half the deck laid out with a total station. And it was a full 3x faster to do it with a total station with basically no error because those things go down to a millimeter accuracy. Oh, man. I, I, I don't want to turn this conversation down that interesting productivity. But I love your response to that. And that's the first time, Candid's first time I've ever heard that response to that um, and that kind of frustration. But, but you're, I think you're, um, there is a ton of truth in what you're saying. And now, meanwhile, I also know that there is a massive productivity problem somewhere in the building industry. But I think what, what, a part of what you might be saying is, you know, not on every project, man. And, uh, and, and furthermore, if we kind of looked at the work product that we're putting out compared to, you know, what they always compare us to the seventies, right? You know, so from 1970 to today, you know, the automotive industry and manufacturing industry, but, but, but they've increased productivity by X and Y and Z. But when you look at, at construction, it's lagged behind. Uh, so maybe a couple of things are happening to your point, maybe, maybe on one end, the, work product has gotten to be so much more complex that it's actually freaking incredible that we're getting it done anywhere close to the amount of time that we used to get done uh, these projects that were a, a monicum of the detail and complexity. And then uh, two, um, you know, perhaps there are segments, perhaps there are portions of the building industry, certain types of, of, of uh, construction product that haven't innovated a whole hell yeah. of a lot. But when you start taking a look at, you know, things like I, I know you, you mentioned, you know, data centers, hospitals, uh, you know, th things like that, where, where they've been pushing more technology in the build out of these spaces, uh, that there's actually pretty staggering gains when it comes yeah. to the productivity. That's awesome. All right, cool. Uh, thank you for that. Really interesting uh, discussion that could suck us down a, another 10 minute path, but won't. Um, so. <laughs> So, uh, so I'm, I'm going to complain again. <laughs> I'm going to say, you know, uh, I, I meet a lot of people on a day-to-day -day basis in the building industry. I meet a lot of folks who are, quite frankly, frustrated with the technology that they're surrounded by and that they're saying, hey, this stuff that's supposed to be creating efficiency, it's actually creating inefficiency. Um, how does that happen? Why does that happen what, what, from, from your perspective? Yeah, yeah. We, we tend to call it appification. Um, and the way that it happens is there's been these big waves in the industry, kind of like I mentioned a moment ago with, you know, basic CAD applications and you had clash detection, then you had BIM. And as those waves rise up and do show some promise, there's a lot of 
more niche apps that start to come into play because people are spending money on technology. They're seeing the value of it. So it creates this opportunity for all these apps to come in. But then sometimes contractors find themselves out ahead of their skis because they're doing all this IT administration to make all these disparate apps work together. And that actually takes the focus away from building the building and gets them more into the IT game. And so I can totally see how they are saying, wait a minute, this is less efficient than it used to be because now we're spending all this overhead administering the technology, but the underlying data isn't connected. So we're not getting the productivity gain that we expected in the field. Um, so I think that's kind of how it happens. I, that, that resonates with me. I think, you know, when I walk into a mid-sized trade contractor, for example, it's not uncommon for me to find that there are uh, 10 disparate different softwares that they're using that aren't connected and that there's, there's a lot of duplication of effort and, uh, you know, across those things. It's actually well north of that. There's a study out right now that says the average GC is managing over 150 applications and the average trade contractor somewhere around 90 sprinkled somewhere throughout their company. Oh yeah. So that's just the 10 that, that, that in my little purview I see uh, because I'm not maybe touching the accounting uh, group or I'm maybe not so much touching the field. You know, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. Um, all right. So... Uh, what what do you see as the most impactful technology that that it's happening right now? The stuff that's really making the biggest difference in terms of productivity and efficiency today. Um, I I don't I don't think there's any one technology that I would say is is necessarily leading the pack, but. I'm a true believer in the physical digital connection and the idea that it's kind of like the old adage, uh, measure twice, cut once. Anything that you can do to link what's happening in the field with what's happening in the office and keep those as tightly you know, bound together as possible is, is gonna help the project overall. In a lot of ways that is the layout in as-built capture technology, whether it's, you know, getting the pipes at the right elevation or knowing exactly where your tie-in points and all that is. But there's quite a few other things like, you know, staying on top of your billing, staying on top of your scheduling and, and making sure that, you know, two or three potential change orders doesn't become 10 or that one trade delay becomes five trade delays because, all of that is what ripples down to, to bring projects off track. And, and most of it has to do with whether or not the office and the field were really in lockstep. And so any technology that brings those together is really what I'm all about. And, the, and, and there, I mean, the, the, even in that office and field connection, there is the digital to physical connection. You know, the field being, this is, this is what's really happening. Yep. And the office being, this is how it was supposed to go. Uh, that And what you're talking about, I think what you're saying is getting an accurate real-time feedback loop that enables us to, to know uh, exactly what is happening in the field 
and having that inform some or significantly inform what the office you know feeds back to the field in terms of the plan, right? If the office is in charge of the plan. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I think, and, and so you, you talk about capturing as built, uh, the as built capture technology spot being one of them. We, we, we kind of talked about that. Anything else that you think is uh, noteworthy that you would sort of call out if somebody, if, if there's an audience member who's saying that sounds like something we absolutely need, we're a trade contractor. What would be as built capture technology worth exploring for them? I think it depends what level you're at. I mean, there's there's introductory level stuff where you can do like augmented reality with bring your own device. So if you have like an Android, you can walk the corridor in the afternoon and look at a pretty high level. Is this approximately where we want it to be? Or if you're a more advanced contractor, particularly those that do prefab, whether it's the scanners or the total stations, there is a lot more precise technology to go out there and, like I said, you know, check it down to the 16th of the millimeter uh, through, through scanning and layout and stuff like that. But, it, but in, in either case, would you, would you contend that, you know, I don't know, let's, let's say I am a um, wood framing contractor building apartments, is there room for that augmented reality uh, kind of technology in my in in my trade? In your view, totally. It's uh, you kind of threw me a softball right there. We didn't even plan it. <laughs> I mean, for example, there's technology now. Like if you're a wood framing contractor, that you can go and put on the deck. It'll calibrate itself for a few minutes, and then it'll basically go and shoot every corner of every stub wall without moving. Um, so you could lay out like a, a full 10 unit apartment building wall in less than a day as a wood contractor on apartment buildings. Okay, fine. A door and hardware contract. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. That's, that's... <laughs> you got but there, there's probably an app for that somewhere, actually. There probably is, right. But but then we get we run again, we run back into this possibility of appification. So how do I prevent it, man? Like how do I how do I not go down this road where I've got 90 plus, 150 plus applications all kind of making a mess out of everything? How do I how do I fix that? I think you gotta First of all, you have to know you, you have to know what your company's about. What what is what is the mission and the vision of your organization that you're bringing, and then what are the technologies that can help fulfill that? And then as you get into those technologies, be cautious not to overload yourself. I don't think any of us can succeed with too many new things at one time. So if you pick one or two or three technologies that help define your mission as a company, run you know, pilots on it, check if it's giving you the results that you expected. Is this really making us more productive? Is, is the field buying into it? Does the office know how to use it efficiently? And if the answer is no, can it? I mean, even if you've sunk the costs, even if you have a little bit of contract remaining and it's not working for you, get rid of it. Um, but conversely, the, the ones that are working for you, double down on it, get more people on that technology, get it on more jobs, continue measuring the ROI. Um, 
I guess it comes down to focus and, and measurements and being, being willing to say yes and no to the things that do or don't work. Yep. Love it. Great advice. Um, so, so, um, I want to encourage the audience to fire in some questions here. I know we've seen a, a couple come in on the chat. I've got one last question for you before we switch over to those, which is, um, obviously to be able to deploy this type of technology, a lot of the workforce is going to need to be trained in the skills in, in utilizing this technology. But ultimately, I can't help but think that the, that the traditional IT guy isn't going to cut it when it comes to being somebody inside the construction business that really can help to uh, roll out these kinds of uh, construction technologies. Do you think that we're going to need to start hiring new kinds of people or training new kinds of people to fit a role that really is, is not your, not your, I don't know, not your grandpa's IT guy? I don't think the industry has a choice. I mean, the, the, the typical demographic is evolving. And so the type of people that will be available for construction are going to be a little bit different than decades past. They've been raised on technology. They live on their iPhones. They have home automation. So they kind of expect that stuff. I think what we have to do is kind of find a balance where you do have these, you know, newer tech natives coming in very comfortable, very expecting of the technology. But then you need to couple them with the industry veterans that know how to build a building, know how to build a company, know how to teach, you know, the lessons that the tech can't teach, and then make sure that there's a, a constant, you know, symbiotic relationship between the tech and the tradition in order to get the job done right. Yep. I love it. Stacy. what kind of questions do we have? Yeah. So Mark had a good question. And I don't know if you were able to see our last episode or if you're familiar with interplay learning. Um, have you heard of them? I, I saw it on the last episode here. Okay, cool. So I guess his question, um, and it's kind of cool how the episodes were like back to back, but Mark was saying, what are your thoughts on virtual reality and simulation as valuable training tools for construction? So I guess training skilled trades, um, you know, as not to supplement apprenticeship programs, but like an add on. What do you think about that? It, it's, it's huge. I mean, it's you, we do these fully detailed models now. And the idea that you can put on a headset, walk someone through these fully detailed models and then kind of show them the nuances you know, like a gravity pipe where, you know, you make a trap or something like that. Put someone in the goggles, you take them to that location and you show them like, hey, this is, this is why that doesn't work. I think that's a huge advantage to be able to tra train the next generation. Cool. Um, and you guys were talking about, um, you know, all the technologies, there was like the average had 90 different technologies. Does Trimble act as a consultant as well? Like, will you come into a small contractor organization and kind of look at what, like perform an audit, that kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have all kinds of professional services. We definitely do technology audits to help people identify the things they need. 
We also do like pure consulting work, especially, you know, if a company takes on a big project that starts pretty quickly, it's very hard to, you know, if you're not doing the tech yet, it's very hard to find the resources and get the licenses and scale that up quickly. So we have a lot of experience doing stuff like that where, you know, we, in a week's time, we'll, we'll put 30 people on a project using five different softwares. They have all the best practices and they can, you know, basically crank out a full simulation in two weeks time as compared to what would normally take three, four or five months uh, for, for a company to do it all by themselves. It seems like uh, w one of the things you mentioned earlier that really uh, caught my uh, attention was that you're saying like, I've seen collaboration in this industry improve dramatically over the past decade. Um, are there particular geographies, market segments? Are there trends as it relates to that? Because I, I know that there are some of our audience, right? Because I know these folks, they're good friends of mine. Some of our audience are like, it's worse than it's ever been. And so I think it depends on, you know, kind of where, where you are. What's the, um, what's the world where you, that it has influenced that experience for you? This one's actually a hard one for me to answer because I'm a true hometowner. Uh, I'm, I'm from the Washington, D.C. area, very loyal to it. Uh, candidly, we are pretty low sophistication in terms of collaboration. Uh, when you go out to the West Coast, particularly California, the collaboration vibe is very different. Um, a lot of that came from the big seismic requirements and retrofits that they had to do where it was like, hey, you will retrofit this whole hospital in 18 months or it will close down. Suddenly you didn't have a choice but to lean in and collaborate and pool plan and all that. So West Coast is, is pretty far ahead. And then also Europe. I mean, Europe, frankly, just doesn't have as much of a litigious culture. Uh, they're a little bit more open to the kind of lean in progressive stuff. Um, and especially up there in the Nordics, like they'll try anything. And I, you know, they just stroked out a three and a half billion dollar bridge in three years um, with zero change orders. And that only comes from everyone being all in on the collaboration. Do, do, are there, are there uh, contract methods that have to make that happen? Or are you seeing this happen in all kinds of different project delivery and contract uh, structures? We see it happen all over. I mean, certainly things like IPD or, you know, some of the more progressive construction management approaches facilitate it better. Um, but there's, you know, it depends a lot on the chemistry. You know, you need the right owner, you need the right general contractor, you need the right trade partners. And when all those things come together, whether it's on hard bid or IPD, you can definitely raise the bar um, but it takes effort. It, it doesn't come easy. Uh, you have to lean in and make it work regardless of your contract method. Awesome. I, 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 uh, and I'm, I'm also here in the DC Metro region and with the volume of multifamily work that is, has been happening here, it continues to happen here, whether it's affordable housing or whether it's, you know, a market rate house, doesn't matter. Um, I would say, there's, there's so much of that and it's just so far behind. It's just so yeah. far behind when it comes to collaboration. So you can get, you know, I don't know, 
distracted and think things are worse than they than they are industry wide when that's your cross section. Um, we got to figure out how to create the breaking point. Whatever the heck happened in Sweden uh, that got got them to want to try everything, or in California that got them to want to try, and and because they're the ones who are creating the result here. You know that the bridge example being a uh, you know a, a fantastic one. So all right, uh, Dwayne, we're up on time. I really appreciate you joining. I know Stacy does as well. Thank you so much, um, you know, for for uh, for setting aside the time. I think that the uh, the audience took a lot from this. I know I personally did. Uh, anything you want to say before we wrap up? I just appreciate the opportunity. It's it's great to be able to you know share the perspective. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right, good, Stacy. Let's have a, a quick chat about what to expect uh, for next week. So next week we've got episode number 23 with i think we're, we're heading down the final stretch with just a few more episodes to go yeah we, um, right after this one we i'll announce our june um guests but we have three june guests and then we take a break that's exactly right okay yeah so we're, we're done on the 21st of june and then we're taking a couple of months to get it pull everything back together and do it again uh so <laughs> uh but next week we've got uh nancy novak who is uh, she's just awesome. She's a 20 year uh, veteran uh, at, uh, uh, well, no, I guess 30 year veteran between two just incredible uh, general contractors. She'll tell you the story there. She's got, um, she's really been on the leading edge of a lot of modern methods in construction. And we're going to be talking about uh, change management, how that has happened, some of her lessons learned through that experience. And um, it, it should be a really interesting conversation. She's a super dynamic public speaker and uh, she'll be a lot of fun uh, for, for the group. So what do we have uh, for the, for the remainder of the season, Stacey? Uh, well, you're putting me on the spot with this, oh. but let me see. <laughs> okay. I didn't I, I, let me, let me take you off the spot. I know um, we've got right. uh, on the, on the, uh, so that's the, the, um, the 7th of June, We've got uh, the future of the office and uh, how that's going to impact construction. Uh, that'll be with um, Kelly Annis from the Verve Partnership. Uh, should be a really great conversation with a good friend of mine. Um, and then we've got the GC Owner Partnership conversation with Matt Bulliard, uh, who is um, an executive at Southway Builders. And, uh, and then finally, the, uh, the last show of the season is with Rex Miller, who is an author and a speaker and a, and a, you know, a friend of mine uh, who is going to be coming in to talk about mental health in construction and, uh, and sort of connecting the dots on how to maintain a, a truly healthy workplace environment uh, in a high pressure industry. So that should be a lot of fun too. Yeah. Great. Great guess. Yeah, no doubt. Good job. <laughs> All right. Yep. Stacey, thanks so great. much. Thank you. Have a great one. You too.